Welcome to Virtual Economy, a podcast about the business of games for the rest of us. We're your hosts. I'm Amanda Farrow. And I'm Michael Footer. On each episode, we'll bring you analysis of the biggest business beats in video gaming news. This is episode 166. We were wrong about Microsoft and Activision. All right, before we get started today, we talked about this in Discord. Mm -hmm. This episode is sponsored by Magic Mind, a supplement shot that includes ingredients to lower your stress, reduce fatigue, and boost your immune system. Before we dive in, obviously this is our first sponsorship. It is. Uh, It's honestly very exciting. We'll talk about it later in the show. They reached out to us, and uh, generally our rule is we're not going to do a sponsorship for something that we haven't tried, that we don't believe works, and uh, yeah, we'll talk about it a little bit later, but this this stuff During the break, even. During the break, yeah. uh, We'll talk about that later. Um, But we do want to address the elephant in the room. Obviously, uh, the the episode title here is pretty blunt. I mean, it's it's well on brand for us, and it's, again, if you're in our Discord, you know that when Microsoft and Activision announced the 1,900 people that were being considered as redundant. I hate that word, I by the it. way. I hate that word with regard to layoffs. I hate it so in, much. In this case, and after any acquisition, there is some some, some overlap, is what the, was yes, word, is the word overlap. that they used, which I, which I appreciate more than the word redundant, which is used in Europe for every kind of layoff, which is nonsense. I hate that word. It's a bad word. It really is. Um, especially when you're eliminating positions, if you're, if they're redundant and you're eliminating positions and no one else is backfilling that role, it's not, it's not redundancy. It's you're cutting them. Yeah. You're cutting them out. And look, Mike and I were, we were staunch supporters of, of this acquisition for talent reasons. And when the acquisition was first announced, the market was completely different. Well, it was completely different. Microsoft had not pivoted hard on Game Pass yet. Nope. Which we'll talk about a little bit just in, if you go back and listen to older episodes when we talk about Game Pass, what we continued to say was Game Pass is good for developers only as long as it's good for developers. It's good until it isn't. Yeah. And our concern was that either under existing leadership or future leadership, that was going to pivot. And we've seen some of that. We've talked about that. That's not the point right now. The thing here is this was in the wake of the bombshell reports that of Activision's culture, the frat boy culture, the sexual harassment, the sexual abuse, uh, the, the direct effect on, uh, on certain individuals, um, that took extreme measures to get out of difficult situations. I don't want to go too, too deep. We no, you trigger know what? It's, yeah, it, it was it was it's a really, really sad story and we don't need to get into it on this episode. We've gotten into it in past episodes and it doesn't stop being heartbreaking. Yep. The most important thing for us is that we are the kind of people that we can admit when we were wrong. Yeah. And again, all of our hope was through the lens of the employees under Microsoft leadership. That it would be a and better it's labor neutrality and it's labor neutrality agreement, which kind of emerged during the whole process. And it's, uh, you know, w- which means for those of you who didn't listen to that episode, who aren't aware of what it means is that if a union forms at Microsoft, Microsoft isn't going to oppose it. They're going to immediately acknowledge it. All of those things are good. 
And that was what we were hoping, was that it would be a better environment than Bobby Kotick's Activision, which we say in that way because we actually heard that from an Activision employee last year at DICE when we were having a meeting. It's like, oh, under Bobby Kotick's Activision, that's not going to happen. And it's like, well, it's no longer Bobby Kotick's Activision. And the first thing that, that Microsoft has done is lay off 1,900 people out of 22,000, which is about 9% of the global workforce. We will talk about this more in the labor report because we have a whole lot more context and a whole lot more to discuss. We do. But we did want to start off this episode by addressing this because we were hopeful. And we, we I'm never were... going to stop being a hopeful person. Like, I'm not. I'm sorry if that makes me naive or if that makes me, you know, somebody that you no longer can can trust because I am a hopeful person. I still remain hopeful that this is going to be good in the long run. I, I do. I, I hope so too. But I, I guess what I want to say here is that we were supportive of the acquisition because we thought it would be better for labor to be under Microsoft than to be under Activision. Specifically under Bobby Kotick. Yes. And that still may be the case for the remaining employees, but that does not change the fact that 1,900 people Lost in the middle jobs. of the worst wave of layoffs this industry has, has ever, ever seen, seen has ever seen during an economy that is being manipulated by corporations by corporations who are using inflation as a cover and there is evidence to that i'm not just spouting conspiracy theory no, there's no, actual it, there's evidence research here. yes yeah there's research here so we wanted to just make sure that you all knew that we knew yes um we you know someone directly called us out on social and, and that's I, fine. Just to be clear, like you can always hold us accountable. If yeah. you think that the things that we say are incorrect, come to us, tell us. Yeah. It's it's always okay. Like we are not going to be offended by being corrected. We are former journalists. Yeah, like, we are not the we are not the end all and be all. No, and we are not. And our perspective on things is not the only perspective. No, and of course not. And I we love, don't pretend to be. I love having. We have great conversations in our Discord, and I love our Discord community so much. Um. And yeah, we encourage you to join us there too. If you have different perspectives and you can engage, you engage friendly, to, you know, in a friendly, civil way as to, to, to grow the knowledge pool, you know, we'd love to have you join and us. And we always, always credit too. Like if there, are, if there are things that we learn about because of our wonderful Discord community. Like Cartan with the, uh, like with the, um, with the tax, the tax stuff, which is great, which um, super grateful for that. Absolutely. All right. All right. Anyway. So we'll, we'll get back to Microsoft and Activision later. Thank you report. for listening. Thank you. We really appreciate it. And we want this to be a continued marker of nah, Mike and Manda know how to admit when they were wrong. Yeah. We were wrong. We had incomplete information, obviously. And it doesn't change the fact that, that we were supportive of something that ended up affecting nearly 2000 people yeah. in one fell swoop. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, we're jumping back to Apple. Believe what? No. So Apple we has, were done. I, well, this isn't Apple and Epic. I mean, I guess it is, sort of, except this is the EU. This is it's European a big commission. story, too, Mike. Yeah. Uh, it, it's probably not going to be as long as it looks. I just need to tell all the details. All righty. Now that we've gotten the dogs to be quiet, uh, Apple has complied with the Euro European Commission ruling regarding sideloading and alternative app stores in the most punitive way possible. So of the, course they did. So the European Commission reviewed the app store and Apple's behavior and said, hey, you should not be tied just to the app store. You should be able to get apps on your personal device in a variety of ways. So Apple is required, legally required, to make some changes to the app store in the EU. So we're not going to see this here in North America. Nope. 
At least not yet. Here's how it's going to work. There will be alternative uh, marketplaces. It does. It's not clear how long they're going to take to spin up. Um, Apple will approve them all. So Apple still has a hand on the wheel here. Um, once you access an alternative marketplace, you have to give it permission to download apps to your device. Apple will have no say about the apps that are delivered in this way, so you'll be able to get things that are not otherwise permitted through Apple's app review process. Um, if a developer wants to distribute an app on multiple marketplaces, it will have to be the same version. So again, Apple not taking its hands off the wheel. So the App Store version will match, you know, Platform X's version, right? Mm -hmm. um, which I, I, I understand because otherwise you're potentially creating a lot of confusion and... It's, it's fine. We, we often see the same kinds of things like across consoles to make sure mm -hmm. that consoles are, have, have like software parity yep. with PC. Yeah. Right. Well, especially when you have a cross play situation. Yeah, but, exactly. Yeah. Like I can understand it from that perspective, but Mikey, this gets a lot worse. It does. So Apple, uh, where here's where things start to fall down. Uh, and it's the financial details. Apple is offering multiple options for payment collection. So if you use existing Apple payment processing, um, which continues to be an option uh, with third-party marketplaces, uh, there's going to be a 3% processing fee tacked on. So one thing to note here is that you cannot, you can choose to stay under the old guidelines if you're in the EU. Okay. You could be like, I only want to be on the App Store. I only want to use Apple's payment processing. I don't want anything to change. I'm completely satisfied. But we expect that a lot of people are going to want to explore the alternate app, the alternate marketplace uh, option. If you choose an alternate an alternative payment processor, so remember this is what Epic tried to do, which triggered right. the whole Fortnite thing in the lawsuit that ended up costing hundreds of people their jobs. Uh, well over nine hundred. Yeah. Um. So you can use alternative payment processing in the App Store too now. Okay. Or you'll be able to in the EU. Apple is dropping its commission from thirty percent to seventeen percent. And down to 10% if a developer qualifies for the, quote, small business rate. What What is the small business rate, though? What does that mean? I, 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 you can qualify for being, like, for for having a smaller... Uh, so, like, if you're if a you're, micro developer? Yeah, like a or, micro developer. Okay. Uh, but weird. then they will charge the 3% on top if you're using Apple's payment processing. So it's really more like 13% as opposed to 10%. It's, it's a whole thing. What? It's very complex. But, okay. But wait, it gets but, worse. But hold on a second. Hold yes. on a second. Apple's pulling Unity. They are. So, if you recall from a few months ago when Unity wet the bed, <laughs> um, they tried to institute what was called a runtime fee, which was every time you, your game install, you know, someone installs one of your games, you get dinged. I think it was 10 cents. I don't remember. I think it was 10 cents. It was still garbage. Apple's version is called the core technology fee. And it's going to cost developers half a euro per first install after one million annual first installs in the EU. All right. Wait a second. But what is an annual I'm, first install? That is a great question. So first of all, it, it's only going to count supposedly installs in the EU, which is the affected region. Right. They can track that easily. That's yes. fine. Apple defines the annual first install as the first time an app or game is installed by an Apple account. So if you install a game on your phone and install it, then later on the iPad, you're still grouped under the same first install because it's the same account, right? Okay, All sure. Right. Uh, so it counts for a 12-month period. So that includes first-time install, so I downloaded a new app, 
from the App Store. Uh-huh. Reinstalls. So, oh, I played this game a couple of years ago. I'm going to reinstall it on my phone. But, but you can set your phone up to offload apps on a regular basis if you're not using them automatically like i don't have that i used to have it but it was starting to annoy me yeah i don't like it yeah um and updates from any distribution source so that's not a first install so here so every time someone installs every time someone installs a game they get a 12 a 12 month clock starts so let's say on january 1st i download an app I and often it sits, download And apps. it sits on my phone and I play it for a week, whatever. I use it for a week. And it's a, let's call it the New Year's Resolution app. Okay. On January 2nd of the following year, that app gets an app update. I haven't touched it. I haven't done anything. But they push an update a year later. Okay. Or a year and a day later. Mm-hmm. Every person who receives that update counts as an annual first install. I... So you get a 12-month window from that first install. And then after 12 months, the clock starts again. So anybody re-downloading, receiving an update, anything, those count as annual first installs. So this is where things get a little tricky. You can transfer apps via iCloud to a new device without triggering a fee. I don't understand why it would trigger a fee anyway, since it's the same account. Uh, even if you downloaded it from the App Store. Because if I get it, if I purchase an app on January 1st and on February 1st I get a new phone and redownload it from the app store with my same account. It should be part of the annual first install. I shouldn't need to do a transfer. But they make a big point of that, so I'm not entirely sure why. I Someone smarter so than me will, will have to explain that to me. This is so confusing. Okay, I'm going to boil it down to, yes, the, the terms around it are confusing, but but I'm going to boil this ish down. Okay, yeah, back it on up for me. it does include free apps. This is not about revenue collection. It's about this Whether, is about punishing developers. Well, it's about something. I don't know if, if it's it's, overt. It honestly does seem like it's about punishing developers. I, I think it's about punishing the EU. That doesn't matter. The EU is not going to pay the, the friggin' price. The, no, the, the, the developers the, are. The devs are. And I actually did some math, and we'll get to it. Because oh I use they have a calculator just like Unity had. It looked like the same person developed both calculators. It was the funniest thing. Ugh. So, uh, obviously, Epic's Tim Sweeney isn't happy, but our real measure is developers who have not fired hundreds of people recently after spending millions on a losing lawsuit, and there are We're lots of... We're never going to stop beating that drum, folks. No. no. if you're myopic and you sacrifice labor because you decide to go on a crusade, sorry, not sorry, we yeah. are never going to stop beating that drum. Yep. Um... So, but there are a number of other developers who are ringing, ringing alarm bells. Okay. The devs are the ones that I care about. Obviously we are very like pro developer on this cast. So I, I came up with this scenario. Okay. In All my right. Head. All right. I'm going to buckle up. Hold on. Wait, wait, All wait. Right. Buckling. Click, click. Okay. All right. I'm in. So let's say your app is entirely free. For All instance, right. you've got a free tips and tricks app for a wildly popular game that you want to distribute to your, let's say pals in the EU, uh-huh. and you want to publish on the App Store and alternate app marketplaces, which immediately makes you accept the new terms and not operate under the old terms. Okay. You just want to get into as many people's hands as possible because you just love widening. your pals. Yeah, I understand. Widening your addressable market. I know what you're going for, Mike. This isn't subtle. And let's say this game, which may be about rip-off pocket monsters, becomes even bigger and there are 2 million annual first installs in the EU. Okay. All right? All right, yeah. According to Apple's fee calculator, you'll be paying the company. You ready for this? I'm waiting. 41,667 euros per month for your free app. 
just because you want to distribute it on an alternative marketplace, which the European Commission says, hey, you should be able to do this. We're making this a new rule. I can't imagine that the EU is going to accept this. I don't believe they are going to be terribly happy because they promise that they're going to be taking a careful look at Apple's compliance to make sure it goes far enough or else they have promised additional actions are going to be taken. So we're going to see how well this goes for Apple. There is one little silver lining from this banana pants thing, though. Okay. Streaming services are now allowed to have a centralized app. Game streaming services, I mean. You can already have, obviously, Netflix and, and all yeah, the yeah, others yeah, have sure, centralized sure, apps. Sure. So you may recall that before this, Microsoft had to create a progressive web app for Xbox Cloud Gaming, and so did, I believe, uh, NVIDIA for GeForce Now. Sure. Because Apple wanted them to put every single game through the service, through the approval process, and have a separate download for it. Which, of course, makes no sense because you're not downloading the games, you're just accessing them via the cloud. This is a worldwide change, thankfully, so we should expect to see native Xbox Cloud Gaming, GeForce Now, and other game streaming apps hitting the App Store soon. Okay. Wow. Whew! Wow, okay. Yeah, that was a big story. Yeah. Like, I really, I really do appreciate you breaking it down, though, because that was, that core technology fee was desperately confusing. Also, you are such a troll. I know. You are such but if I, a troll. But, if, but think about it. So, I mean, look, and we'll talk about this... In milestones, Pal World has more had more than two million concurrents on Steam. Yeah, right. Um, that is the second highest game ever. Yeah. So it is not inconceivable that more than a million people are going to be interested in potentially a Tips and Tricks app. Like um, there was one when I was playing Breath of the Wild. There was a great uh, Red Star made a great uh, Breath of the Wild map. Um, I do love our good friends at Red Star. I know you do. Uh, and I was actually marveling. It's like, wait, I know this. I know this team. They made this well, great Breath of the Wild app. It's and not it's... even just that. They did get a grip chip as yeah, well. I and know. you and you were you actually gave them good advice. Yeah, on I, I, I did some I did some pro bono consulting. You did uh, way way back. So it's not inconceivable that a game that has that many players, or let's say GTA Six comes out and somebody releases a free tips and tricks app, and they want to just get it into people's hands, or mm -hmm. here's where to find all the collectibles, or because those apps are really handy. They are. Um, you know, I could see somebody releasing a free app and just accepting the new terms and distributing it for free, getting slapped with, with thousands of euros of, in fees every month just by distributing an app. Mm -hmm. I, I, I will be very surprised if the European Commission doesn't take a hard look at this and force some changes. I would tend to agree. All right. What else we got? All right. Next up is we're, because you are so transparent and I do mean transparent, um, we are going to be talking about, I don't know, whatever the heck is going on at Pocket Pair, the developers behind Pal World. So we're elevating this to a main story. Uh, the Pokemon company has publicly issued a statement that they are aware of, quote, other companies' games. Which on the surface so sounds hilarious. It's like, funny. we have just been made aware that other people are making video games and that you're playing them. I, I don't understand. What is wrong with you? What is, Our games are the only games. What is your deal? What is what is happening? I don't like it. It I makes just, me uncomfortable. It's so funny. I am uncomfortable, especially when we're not about me. Anyway, I'm just kidding. Um, so here's what happened. They they released a statement. So this statement comes in the wake of accusations swirling around uh, Pal World and its developer Pocket Pair, right? So this is the statement that the Pokemon Company put out. I I swear to you, when Mike and I saw this, I. 
I almost cringed myself into an early grave. It was late at night. I it was very late. It was like 10 o'clock at night. It was ridiculous. All right. So the statement reads, <laughs> what? Because <laughs> this is so wild that the Pokemon company, like, I don't even know, descended from on high to make this very strange <laughs> statement. Ridiculous. Go ahead. Okay. All right. All right. All right. So, quote, we have received many inquiries regarding another company's game released in January 2024. Enshrouded. <laughs> We have not granted any permission for the use of Pokemon intellectual property or assets in that game. Like a dragon? <laughs> we intend to... Are you going to let me finish? What is your problem? <gasps> we intend to investigate and take appropriate measures to address any acts that infringe on intellectual property rights related to the Pokemon. Digimon. We will... Digimon do not infringe. I know Digimon are I'm, awesome. I know. They're, they're digital, digital monsters. monsters. Digimon have more power. Exactly. We will continue to cherish and nurture each and every Pokemon and its world and work to bring the world together through Pokemon in the future. Okay, wait, wait, wait. This statement it is me, so, sparks so much joy. It's so beautiful. I, it's Look, so we're not beautiful. doing this for our bottom line. We're doing this we're for doing the We're doing this Pokemon. for Pikachu. We're doing this but for But mostly for Psyduck because he's got a fucking headache right now. <laughs> he does. He's, he just, he's fed up with your shit. Can you imagine like... Psyduck working in Pokemon Company legal, and he's sitting there watching all of these people talking about power. He's like, Psyduck! Psyduck! <laughs> I can just imagine this, actually. Now I can't stop. I can't stop thinking about it. Okay, right, 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 right. So it is genuinely wild to see the Pokemon Company commenting on this publicly, which means that there have been people in their inbox, I have a feeling. Um, even if they haven't used Pal World or Pocket Pair's names in the statement. So. Psyduck, you know what? Psyduck is absolutely fed up with your bullshit. I know. Like, there, you know what? Like salary man, salary man, Psyduck is salary now man, in Psyduck. My head. Yeah, that's living rent free in my head now. It's ridiculous. Oh, You're if you if you are listening to this and you happen to have uh, a, a gift with art, I would give so much for you to do a non infringing, we'll a non infringing salary man Psyduck. Salary man Psyduck. We wouldn't sell it. We just put it in our office. No, yes, we just put it in our office. Absolutely. We just put it in our office. And it I would print that stuff out. I'd make stickers. Oh my gosh. But just for our laptops. Yeah. Okay. So anyway, Mike, is there anything else that you want to say about this? Uh, I think that this story is going to be one we're going to be talking about for a long time. I think that there is, there's more to this story that has been hinted at. That leads me to believe that Pokemon Company, this is, uh, some people are saying, oh, this is just Pokemon Company saying, yeah, we see it, shut up, stop bugging us. But to me, this, this was a shot across the bow. This was, we see you. We are investigating. Mm -hmm. You've got, you probably should take this seriously. Mm -hmm. Because you don't want to end up at the bottom of the show mm -hmm. in a FAFO. It's so true. They we, did this for us, really. They, I mean... You know, but it's okay to give me Fafos to talk about. It is okay. I don't mind. I I really enjoy talking about sequoia-sized trees of finding out. So, okay. Is there anything else you want to say about this? No. I, I, I don't think there's anything else I want to say look, about this. I, I, I've played the game. Other than Psyduck. Psyduck. <laughs> do you want to move on to our one investment interlude story? Uh, yeah, let's do that. Um... 
This was your story. You've got this. I mean, okay. Money, money, money. Okay, let's go. (laughs) That was so incredibly off key. What is going on with him? I am so... I have... I I have not taken my magic mind this morning. No, neither of us have. Okay, so let's talk about um, our, our only investment interlude story, which is about Build a Rocket Boy. So that just as a reminder, this is Leslie Benzie's studio mm-hmm. and, you know, former rock, former star, rock star, like one of the key minds behind the GTA series. Absolutely. Yeah. Like a hashtag very big deal. Um, so they have secured $110 million in, in Series D funding. So as a reminder, they are working on three different projects, including an open world experience called Every- Everywhere, a story-driven action-adventure game called Mind's Eye, and Arcadia, which is a set of user-generated content tools. Interesting. I will never stop loving user-generated content tools, though, because it really does empower players Mm -hmm. to really get invested in the worlds. Um, The funding round was led by Redbird Capital Partners, which will be putting partner Julia Whitlin on Build-A-Rocket Boy's board of directors. There was also participation by Galaxy Interactive, NetEase Games, Endeavor, Alignment Growth, Woodline Partners LP, GTAM Partners, and more. All right. So as we mentioned, this is a little different for us. Uh, But you heard at the top of the show, we've got our first sponsor. We do indeed. Uh, So a company called Magic Mind reached out to us. And honestly, we had this conversation and this took a a lot of emails going back and forth. Don't mind our dogs. They also had a lot of, like, really interesting they feelings. feelings. They contributed to the story. They did. Uh, so we were actually really skeptical. So when we were talking to them, we told them that we'd only agree to the sponsorship if we believed the product worked. They were on board with that, by the way. They're like, look, we're going to send you some. Try it out. If you like it, awesome. If you don't, we'll just call it a gift, and, and that'll be the end of the relationship. Right, right. And we said, okay, cool. With, with that in mind, not an issue. So we've been taking Magic Mind for about a week now. It's uh, this little two-ounce shot that we have alongside our coffee, and honestly, it works. Like, I'll get to my experience as the very neurodivergent part of this pair, but it it really does work. Um, One of the things, you know, obviously we have a doctor in the house, and anytime we're looking at maybe putting something in our bodies, we're like, all right, can you just take a quick look at this and make (laughs) sure there's nothing in here? Like, are we chugging lead, like, out of a Stanley Cup? (gasps) I bought our daughter a Stanley Cup. Yes, and I bought her lead testing swabs. So I that's fun. I bought her one. But we ran the ingredients by our resident doctor, who identified a few that she's already been taking. Actually, you and I have taken ashwagandha before. Yeah, of course. Uh, so that's in there. And that's for reduced stress and cortisol reduction. Uh, rhodiola, which reduces fatigue. And uh, choline, which boosts dopamine and supports concentration, learning, and memory. It also includes a bunch of stuff that you've probably heard of, like matcha vitamin C, turmeric, and a couple different kinds of mushrooms that pump up your immune system and are shown to improve neuroplasticity. Again, we would not have agreed to the sponsorship if we didn't think this worked. So, Mando, talk a little bit about your experience okay, okay, the okay. last week. All right, so check it out. For those that don't know and can't tell from who I am as a human being, I have ADHD, right? It's something that I've struggled with my whole life, didn't have it diagnosed until I was a grown-up, And I'm not medicated for it because I also struggle with bipolar. So putting the bipolar person on stimulants is probably not a good idea. So it's mostly, it's, it's managed through like tasks and stuff like that. Like the way that I handle task management, um, but not medication. So when I started taking magic mind, I was like, there's, there's no way this is going to improve my concentration. This is not for neurodivergent people. Seriously, it was like within a day, I could see my concentration 
actually improving. I was able to concentrate on tasks that I didn't want to do. And if you, if you know somebody that has ADHD or you have ADHD, you know how crushingly difficult it can be to force your brain into, hey, we got to pay attention to this. And I know you don't want to do it, but you got to do it anyway. It, it's, it can be really painful. And I have felt much more dialed in, in terms of, look, productivity is one thing, right? But I feel more creative. Like I'm, I'm taking some writing courses right now. I have to be making every week. This has honestly been helping me over the last week, like stay dialed in and making especially. So it, it's working for me and it doesn't like, it doesn't affect my mood in an adverse way. Like I don't like, oh my gosh, I'm on a stimulant and now I'm going to crash. Like, no, I don't have any of those issues. I, it's very, very, it's mild. It's mellow. It's very, it's very chill, but it allows me to focus. Yeah. For me, uh, the matcha in it is one of the ingredients. One of the thing, interesting things about that ingredient is, is, is when you pair it with coffee, it helps the caffeine absorption. So it actually carries your caffeine through most of the morning. Oh. So I actually feel it. And it was one of those things where it's like, I was really concerned about placebo effect. When well, I took it. same here. Same here. Absolutely. But I actually feel it. And I feel different when I, when I've had it. So I, I'm, I'm really impressed by it. Again, we wouldn't be doing this if we weren't on well, board with it. Absolutely. And, and listen, this is just my experience as a person with not chemically managed ADHD. Just, just give it like, you got to be on your own journey, but I wanted to make sure that I shared mine. And I've had, I'd say my mornings have been more productive on it. I've been more dialed in. I feel like I've had more, it's been easier for me to move from task to task in the mornings. Usually it takes me a little bit of time to get started up. If you're interested in checking Magic Mind out, you can get 20% off your order at magicmind.com slash Jan Virtual Economy. That's J-A-N-V-I-R-T-U-A-L-E-C-O-N-O-M-Y. Uh, if you decide to jump on it today, there's a deal during January that gives you one month free when you're subscribing for three months, if you use that URL. And the code, the Virtual Economy 20 code, stacks with that. So, yeah. Enjoy. Hey, Mike. Yeah. After all that. Yeah. Do you know what time it is? It's time for quick hits. It's always beautiful. Always beautiful when you do that. All right. We're oh, st- man. Oh, oh, quick hits. You're starting off real sharp today. Uh, so, yeah, Focus Entertainment is changing its name once again. As of April 1st, 2024, the company will be called, I kid you not, Pull Up. It's a palindrome, you see. Capital P-U-L-L-U, capital P. Uh, but clearly this wasn't run by anyone familiar with the Huggies company. Uh, Focus Entertainment is a big kid now. But... In April. In April. <laughs> uh, following up with that, because I have nothing constructive to say about that, let's get through some milestones. Dragon Quest Monsters has hit 1 million units sold. And for those of you who are fans of Dragon Quest and have been wondering, hey, why isn't Dragon Quest Builders on PC? Uh, in February, Dragon Quest Builders is going to be on PC with uh, the DLC and, and all the other Such stuff. Such a good game. It is really Such good. I will good probably, especially if it's Steam Deck Verified, I'll probably be picking it up. I'm so here for digs and builds. Uh, Power World 
continues to grow, hitting 8 million copies sold in six days and taking second on the concurrent player leaderboard with more than 2 million concurrent players. Eventually, this will level out. You know, I dang. Okay, just yeah. dang. Yeah. Um, you know, it, what we're seeing right now is a very interesting trend as Enshrouded, which is another survival game, has hit over 1 million concurrence. And we'll talk about this uh, in a little bit when we jump to the labor report, but if you were a AAA publisher who was working on a survival game and decided to cancel that, why? It's just the <clears throat> eye-rolling I'm doing right yeah. now. People love their survival games, folks, and there's plenty of room for all of it. Yep. And wrapping up with one more uh, quick hit, Day of the Devs has officially split in a very amicable way oh, yeah, from Double Fine and has become a 501c3 nonprofit entity, which I absolutely love. Yeah, I think that's really great. It helps protect developers. It helps protect the integrity of the event itself. The work that Day of the Devs does is so important for indie developers, and it's such a cool event. I'm honestly kind of excited to like maybe go check it out one of these years because I've yet to go to Day of the Devs. Hmm. So... Very good stuff. You can actually go and support them right now. They're seeking fun. They're doing some fundraising right now. So they're seeking donations. There are prizes. You can like pick up cool prizes if you donate. So yeah. that's kind of neat. And those were quick hits. And now it's a bloodbath. Do you want to take a little break first before the bloodbath? I guess. Virtual Economy is an F-squared initiative, and along with pro bono business consulting for up-and-coming developers, it's a way we are working to give back to the community that has already given us so much. To find out more about F-squared and the services we can provide, including pitch prep, media training, mock reviews, and business strategy guidance, visit our website at fsquared.biz. All right. I don't want to talk about the blood. Uh, I know. It's... It's Look, folks, so things bad. are bad out there. Really, really bad. Ugh, it's so horrible. Uh, but we are now going to talk in depth about what happened at Microsoft last week. Of course, that was in addition to the riot layoffs, which claimed 530 jobs. Microsoft announced that it is laying off 1,900 people across ZeniMax, Activision, Blizzard, and its own internal teams. This amounts to 8% of the 22,000 people who work underneath Phil Spencer at Xbox. Microsoft claims that this is a result of the acquisition and, quote, Areas of overlap. Uh, but in addition, Microsoft has canceled Blizzard's in-development survival game. So as oh. we were just referencing, um, it's a curious choice, of course, given Power World and Enshrouded are two huge successes in January alone in this genre, which is continuing to grow. And when Arc 2 hits, that's going to be huge, too. It's going to be enormous. And you know what? That, that team, these devs, they deserved better. They did. They really did. Yeah. Um, it does appear that the entire team from the game director down were laid off with very, very few exceptions. Uh, additionally, cuts hit Toys for Bob, which of course has been repurposed as a support studio instead of doing awesome things like Skylanders, which made I don't know how much money for Activision Blizzard. I'm a little irate about this because I actually did a studio tour at Toys for Bob. Toys for Bob and honestly, that their design process was amazing. Like, the way they prototyped, because remember, they were working in Toys to Life. They were like the first big Toys to Life game. Yeah. So it's just sad to see where things have come. I still maintain that re-releasing the Skylanders games in a way that doesn't require the toys would be hugely beneficial. Those games are so much fun. Um, sure. Cuts also hit um, High Moon Studios. And I just saw, like literally 
as we were recording that pretty much everyone tied to Call of Duty League was laid off. Yeah. The cuts were also, they also affected Sledgehammer Games. Yep. They, they, the cuts have been everywhere. It, yep. It's, it was genuinely awful. So, when, yeah, I, I just, ugh. Yeah. Ugh. Uh, additionally, Blizzard co-founder Alan Adam is out. And look, I, I don't usually celebrate some of this stuff, but this one I'm going to call a silver lining. Blizzard president Mike Ibarra out. <clears throat> See ya. And on his way out the door, he shared on LinkedIn that he was going to travel the world and find hyper growth opportunities. Could you be any more tone deaf when the company that you were a steward for just laid off 1900 people? Honestly, it's, it's shameful. He it's was the wrong person. Shameful. He was the wrong person to try and reform Blizzard's culture. And what he did to Jen O'Neill unconscionable absolutely unconscionable you may recall that when uh, mike morhaime left abara and jen o'neill were appointed as co-presidents that is not true j allen brack oh and j allen brack left you're right i'm sorry thank you yes um j allen brack was in charge for a small amount of time in and around you know after mike morhaime left and you know like when all of the horrid reports about everything bad that had happened over at Blizzard and Mm -hmm. it's just awful. Yep. Awful, awful stuff. So yeah, once, once J. Allen Brack left, you know, that's, that's when they got new leadership. And then Jen O'Neill was, Jen O'Neill was paid less than Mike Abara, but she was the right choice. She was the right choice. She was absolutely the right choice. Abara was the wrong choice. If Jen O'Neill had been the only person in that role, I think we would have actually seen reform. I agree. But under Bobby Kotick's Activision, of course, oh someone God. like Mike Abara. Well, no, of course, of course, they wouldn't let a woman lead, lead a studio as important as Blizzard. Well, it's funny that you mentioned that. Oh, well, tell me more. Okay. So uh, that all happened last week, yesterday, so Monday. Mm-hmm. Uh, they announced that Johanna Ferries, who has been with Activision Blizzard for five years, previously served as the general manager of Call of Duty, senior vice president, head of leagues, and Call of Duty esports commissioner, I is the seen, new president. I have seen her on on stage. Yes, I've you definitely have. seen her on stage as general manager of Call of Duty. She's been at uh, showcases and such. Mm-hmm. That's really cool. Yep. Uh, so hopefully she will be treated better than Jen O'Neill was. Gosh, I sure and hope so. look. The Microsoft leadership team is largely women. Um, this is it, it feels bad to like find the good parts about Microsoft right now with laying off nineteen hundred people. But remember, but that we is, were wrong. Yes, that is one that I will that I will say that Microsoft has a diverse leadership team. Yep. Um, since she has left her her post uh, leading Call of Duty, Matthew Cox is stepping in. Mm-hmm. After fifteen years at Activision, he worked on a range of franchises that also includes Guitar Hero, Hero and Skylanders. His title will be Senior Vice President, General Manager of Call of Duty. Um, but yeah, I, I just want to reiterate our own disappointment and sadness over what has happened here. And our, I'm going to say uh, in retrospect, naive belief that Microsoft was going to do right uh, by Activision Blizzard's employees. And maybe they still will with those that remain, but the bloodbath here is just, it's it's too much. It's, 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 it's it is impossible to swallow with everything else that this industry has been through, 
And over 6,000 jobs. And we're going to get to the rest of what has happened over the last week. Just to be clear, we we recorded one week ago. One week ago. One week. And I, you know, we promised that we were going to get back on a more regular cadence. And this is us making good on that promise. But I, I'm always going to err on the side of believing in people. That's part of, that's one of the things that makes that makes me me, you know, I, I don't think I'm going to ever be able to not be that person, but I'm, I'm so, I'm so incredibly frustrated at the framing here because it wasn't about, it wasn't necessarily about areas of overlap. Areas of overlap do happen in acquisitions. Mm -hmm. And I, I anticipated maybe, 100 to 150 jobs in publishing in the publishing division and that was it yeah that was all i was anticipating and that that still is a deep cut that still hurts those are still people they aren't numbers these are developers but i I have some additional things that i that we need to surface and we've talked about this before and i do want us to keep centering some of the challenges that i think we're going to see i am worried that Due to the flooded job market, we're going to see wages depressed. Oh, yeah. Salaries depressed. Uh-huh. We are already seeing a return to office. I hate that. It's terrible. It's terrible. I think you're leaving a huge amount of talent on the table. A diverse range of talent that, quite frankly, should not be putting themselves in a position of catching COVID when COVID is not gone. Yep. It's not gone. We're in a huge spike right now. And it's disabling people even further. And the more times you get it, the worse it is. Yep. Um, but I, I want to address, and this is the thing that I don't know how I would ever reckon with if I was in the position where I, quote, had to lay people off. There are people who relocated because of demands of the organization. Yep. And were laid off one, two, four months later. Yep. How do you do that to a human being? How do you, how do you say to pe- someone? They're not people. They're not people. They're numbers. It's a numbers game to folks sitting in their ivory towers that don't care about labor. They don't care about talent. They don't care about the exorbitant expense of living in these extremely expensive areas like Irvine, California. You know, like living in the Bay Area, like living in Seattle. Like it's it's so expensive to force people to move. First of all, as somebody who has done a cross-continent move before and hope to not do it again for a long time, there is there is a there is a measure of cruelty in that that, that is going to potentially bankrupt some workers that not only won't be able to pay for their housing, that will probably lose their housing, which is heartbreaking. Or go, have to go bankrupt because of medical. That was the other thing I was going to say. In the United States, there is no such thing as socialized medicine. In the United States, your health care is tied to your employment, which is an archaic, deeply backward, very messed up way to handle health care. And it creates its own set of issues. So it, we're in this cycle now and have been in this cycle for, gosh, two decades at least, where it's relocation. It's rare that they pay for your relocation unless you're moving to Europe and they'll lay you off whenever. You're just a number. There are no worker protections in this country because every state, for the most part, is an at-will state. 
You can be terminated literally at any time. They mm-hmm. don't have to take care of you. It's all about what the corporations want and need. If you are listening to our show for the very first time, welcome. We are an anti-capitalist business podcast. Yep. Yes, it is confusing. It's okay. Yep. Um, so really, like, I think one of the takeaways is we don't stand corporations in this house. God we knows how not. many times we have said that on this show. We do not. Remember but that corporate don't. strategy is only, can be aligned with consumer sentiment, can be aligned with the, with the common good until it isn't. But I am deeply disappointed in Phil Spencer. And I, I think it is a potent reminder and one that I will take with me personally that an executive is an executive no matter how many gaming t-shirts they wear. Yep. Moving on. Sadly, those were not the only layoffs and closures to report. We missed this when it happened, but 2K Games laid off an unknown number of people at its 31st Union Studio, which is led by Sledgehammer co-founder Michael Condry. Oh, jeez. You got one. Yeah, I definitely do. So Netmarble is liquidating Grand Cross Meta Meta World, which is a metaverse property. It's citing, quote, market changes within the metaverse industry. That's a very soft way of putting the metaverse industry doesn't really exist. Uh Uh-huh. This was first reported by South Korean publication Yonhap News, and Yonhap claimed that 70 people were laid off due to this liquidation. Black Forest Games, which is another Embracer studio, has apparently laid off half of its staff. Black Forest was founded in 2012 and released Gianna Sisters and Rogue Stormers. They contributed to the Destroy All Humans remasters, and they're the team that's working on the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles game, The Last Ronin. Yo. Yeah. That's really messed up. Yep. Also from Embracer, after picking up Square Enix's Western Studios and IP for a mere $300 million, which, if you're interested, Mike and I actually did have a special episode about this in, what was it, 2022? Uh-huh. Or 2021? I, so. I don't 2022, remember. I think. I think it was 2022. Um, we were incensed because we're like, this is a fire sale for yeah. no reason. Um, the publisher has canceled an in-development Deus Ex game at Eidos Montreal and laid off a... Well, now it's confirmed. Yeah. They, they laid it was off. unknown when, when the report first broke, but now it's confirmed. It's confirmed that it was um, that the layoffs affected approximately 97 people. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah. it, it's, it's awful. I mean, Embracer's decimation of its holdings is absolutely running rampant. And after the closure of Square Enix Montreal, right after the acquisition. So this is actually not just after the acquisition. It was, it was after, after a, a rebrand. Rebrand. I had friends yep. at Square Enix Montreal when they rebranded to Studio Anoma. And... It's honestly that lasted what three days. It was it was less than a week, yeah. And it, it's hard to believe that there was ever a strategy here before beyond well, there, like get more. Well, clearly there was no strategy. Like, how do you go through rebrands? Are expensive. They're extremely expensive. This is like tens of thousands of dollars and man and man hours in terms of like thinking through it and like and and. Ugh, I have I have led rebrand strategies. They are time consuming. They are emotional. It's a lot. And Square Enix Montreal was around for a long time. Yep. And Eidos, thankfully, still exists. Yep. But this is this continues to be an immense amount of myopia without any leadership, a, a, like any retribution, yep. so to speak. I don't know if retribution is the right word. Any consequences. Any consequences. For, That's a for better the leadership. word. I, and so I was prompted today by a deep need. Um to post a couple of things on social. And one was my interview with Danny Bilson uh, of THQ a year before, not even a year before the bankruptcy. So it was April, 2012. And then I interviewed Lars Wingeforce on April 23rd, 2013, which was the day 
that Nordic Games AB, which is what it was back then, swooped in and picked up all of that whole huge bundle of THQ properties from the second option. For super cheap. I, I would say go check out my, my Twitter feed because uh, it's an interesting interview to read and see kind of what the thinking was at the time and how far from that Embracer Group has gotten. And I think that is... It's a, been 11 years. When we talk about scope creep... That doesn't even begin to define what this, this is. This isn't scope creep. No. This this is greed. This was greed. This is greed, 100%. All right, um, moving on. People Can Fly has reportedly laid off 30 people. They had been apparently working on a currently unannounced game, which is codenamed Project Gemini, that was set to be published by Square Enix. People Can Fly development director Adam Alker announced the layoffs. This is, I guess the cuts were due to budget limitations and the game's shrinking scope. That is scope creep, I'm sure. Mm -hmm. um, an additional 20 people were also on Project Gemini, but they'll be shifted to other roles within the company. As a reminder, People Can Fly currently has four AAA games and two VR games in development. UK recruiter OPM has closed after 26 years, laying off Yo. all 15 people at the company. I mean, we've seen recruiters laid off from big companies. The Huge. recruiter I was working with when I was applying for a job, who I really liked, got laid off in a big in a big culling last year. That's awful. It's just a terrible. And he's a good he's a good dude. Um, it's not surprising that the industry that this industry, the recruitment industry, is taking a heavy hit as we're nearing. Uh, this number's probably higher by now. 26,000 people laid off since the start of 2022 in the it's video game industry. It's absolutely higher. Um, Raycon has reportedly laid off 80% of its staff. If you're wondering what Raycon had done, they were the studio behind... They are, rather, the studio behind um, one of my favorite games when it came out. It's called Ruiner. If you haven't checked it out, it is a super fun game. It's a and it is, game. It right. is so twisted and... I love it. It's very cyberpunk. Um, Raycon, Raycon had been developing a sci-fi first-person shooter called Final Form, which was announced in 2021 as part of Playon's Prime Matter. Label. And Prime Matter doesn't even exist anymore. No, it does not. Like, that's more Embracer nonsense. Like, they have no... It was, like, it, it was a great idea, by the way. It was, hey, let's oh, take... Great. We have all of these labels. Let's take the best of the best and and do a premium label with them. Yeah, it was, it was really interesting... But I don't know what the strategy was. There right? was like, no strategy. I mean, the, the emperor has no clothes. There are a lot of emperors running around neckers right now around the world in the video game industry. It's true. It is we're having. We have a serious clothes deficit in the C-suite. For real. Um, Rovio Montreal is laying off a dozen employees, and this came to light from my favorite new follow that I wish would stop blowing up my timeline at what layoff on Twitter, which uh, I'm really glad exists. But yikes! But it's like I'm telling you dozens of tweets a day and it is just painful they they comb through warn act notices which is how they get some of this they yeah. you know they're sharing reported stories and everything um turning to tabletop games funko you know your favorite dead-eyed versions of popular characters i am very familiar with them we have how many funkos we in have here? a lot uh but we have zero displayed zero displayed because we're in the we're in a temporary another temporary space um so they purchased a fantastic tabletop developer called Prospero Hall in February 2019. Yeah. Now, Prospero Hall, and I'll talk a little bit about them. They, um, they, they, they're for all intents and purposes, they don't exist anymore. No. Um, five years later now, Funko has sold the assets to a company called Goliath, which owns Rummy Cube, which is another game, a mass market game. I've never heard of it. Yeah. Unfortunately, the 30 brilliant minds of Prospero Hall, Prospero Hall, a team that made the excellent villainous games. Fantastic. 
Uh, Jaws. Fantastic. Uh, Horrified. Fantastic. Uh, the two Jurassic Park games, one of them we played the adventure game. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which I like is that really one. good. I like that. Uh, and we didn't more. play the other one. No. They have made so they, many. They did the, uh, the, the Pan Choose Am one, too. They did the Pan Am game. They did the um, the Choose Your Own Adventure House of Danger game. Those are pretty good. I, I didn't love those, but I loved Pan Am. Pan Am yeah. was really good. Jaws, honestly, if you have never played Jaws, you are missing out. It is fantastic. Yep. Um, so, yeah, if you are looking for good games, anything made by Prospero Hall is a safe bet. Um, um, I, I just, this is just more nonsense. Like, it's, Funko decided, oh, we're going to get into the tabletop space. Prospero Hall came in and designed their Funko board game, which was... Which wasn't good. Right. And it's not because Prospero Hall didn't know what they were doing. No. It's probably because they were completely hampered. Yes. Prior to that, Prospero Hall had actually a very fruitful relationship with Ravensburger. Yep, absolutely. And let me tell you, let me tell you, I did not think that Ravensburger had the chops to pull together the publishing division that it has in board games. And they have had largely winners. Yeah. I want to say just largely they, winners. They've really, because Ravensburger really was a, was a puzzle company yeah, for yeah, the yeah. most part. Um, but they're the ones that, that publish Villainous, Jaws, Horrified, Pan Am. Yep. I think they did the Jurassic Park game. Yeah, one I of think, them. I think so. The, um, uh, the danger adventure game where one of you plays as the dinosaurs and one of right. and everybody else is trying to escape. Yeah. Isla was Nublar. The, that was a really interesting async game. Yeah. Async. Yeah. Async game. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So that's a real bummer. Um, it's awful. It's but, truly awful. I honestly, I hope every single one of those 30 brilliant people come together and just reform the damn company. Yeah. And hope they, and you know what? I hope you get so much money because mm-hmm. you deserve it. For sure. Uh, finally, uh, last labor story is not a layoff story, but also not a great one. No. Crafton uh, is being sued by a former employee for sexual assault and wrongful termination stemming from her reporting of a really terrible incident. The suit alleges that Kevin Kimball, who served as Crafton's head of strategy and business, allegedly sexually assaulted the unnamed plaintiff in the case. Uh, we've linked Polygon's story in the show notes. You should absolutely read it. But the top level things to know, the incident started after the Game Awards on December 8th, 2022 at an L.A. bar and then continued at a striking distance party. That's the team that made the Callisto Protocol. And remember, Callisto Protocol came out in December 2022. So this might have been the launch party for all Yikes. Time. The plaintiff alleges that Kimball uh, plied her with alcohol and assaulted her in a bathroom stall. That's and then the incident was reported to management and the uh, the lawsuit alleges that leadership did nothing and then fired her two months later, allegedly in retaliation. And you know what? These companies are just not learning. They're not no. learning. And, and femme-facing folks and women and people who have been victimized by these monsters, they are not going to be silent and they shouldn't be silent. And the fact that corporate still thinks that they can get away with silencing people that come forward, your day of reckoning will be, will come. It will come. All so right. we're going to end on something that's a little more positive. It's yes. actually a Twitch story. Twitch in a rare W actually. This one new, they won't have to walk back. One that they won't have to walk back. Cause it actually is quite good. So they're changing their payout programs. Um, they're expanding the Partner Plus program to give streamers, to give more streamers access to increase net revenue shares on paid and gifted subs. So streamers who maintain 100 plus points for three consecutive months will, will qualify for the 60-40 net revenue, um, net rev share mm-hmm. on paid and gift subscri- subscriptions. Sorry, I'm having trouble saying subscriptions today. 
to their channel, they are going to be reducing the plus points threshold for the 70-30 net revenue share from 350 to 300. They are going to be allowing affiliates to qualify, which is huge because this is about partners, right? Mm -hmm. This was originally about partners. Yep. And the, all of these very positive changes, um, it seems like they're positive changes anyway from the outside. Uh, these changes are going to be taking effect in May. Twitch is also going to be eliminating the $100,000 U.S. cap for 70-30 net, net rev share recipients, including those in the Partner Plus program. These changes take effect immediately. Huge. Again, huge. Love this. Um, they are also changing the Prime Gaming subscription payout model to a fixed rate for each country. This one is a little less positive, I think, um, because it really depends on what your country the the country of the subscriber is mm -hmm. for this anyway I'll, I'll tell you about it so originally prime gaming subscription payouts uh were the same as paid subscription payouts so like prime gaming and paid no difference yeah. they weren't treated with any difference so they're transitioning to this fixed rate model for prime gaming based on the country of the subscriber in order to they they said in their their post that it was to keep things um sustainable i guess they were having trouble sustaining it because, uh, you know, as they are owned by Amazon, which is a gigantic company. Sure. Mm -hmm. um, these changes, however, will take effect in June. All right. And that wraps us up for this week. And we will be back. I think what we're going to do, because we learned a valuable lesson today, that because the cleaning crew comes on Tuesdays, every other Tuesday it's going to be difficult. So we're going to be moving to Fridays starting next week. So it'll be a week and a half or so between episodes but we are we are maintaining our regular schedule yep. we're getting back into it you know it's a little easier now now that we're not like you know no we're not scattered to the four winds so yes. to speak um at least physically Indeed. so the only time that that won't we won't be able to maintain that is when we are traveling um we may end up recording while we're traveling like we're probably going to record while we're at dice we're probably going to record at gdc I don't think we're going to record at PAX East because we're going to be zombies. Yep. Yep. Um, but that's it. That's yeah. it for that's it for our second episode of season five. Yeah. So thank you for listening to the Virtual Economy podcast. You can follow us on Twitter at Virtual Econcast. We are still there just a little bit, so you can find us there. But we're also on Blue Sky. Uh, the show is virtualeconomy.bsky.social. I am at Footerish. Uh, on Twitter, that's F-U-T-T-E-R-I-S-H and footerish.bsky.social on Blue Sky. And on Twitter, I'm Amanda Farrow, so just my regular name. And on um, Blue Sky, I'm ritualmagic.bsky.social, so that's ritual with a W in front of it because I am extremely clever. Mm -hmm. We also post the show on LinkedIn, on the F Squared account, and our personal accounts. And of course, you can subscribe to our RSS feed at virtualeconcast.com. You can also listen to us on Spotify, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Amazon, Pocket Cast. There's always one more, and I never... Yeah! Ah, Pocket Sand! Right in the face. Right in the face. So if you enjoyed our shenanigans, our analysis, and, you know, just the general vibe, even though, gosh, the labor report is getting harder and harder every week, please subscribe. We, we'd love to have you back. And if this is your first time, welcome. If you're returning, happy to... Happy to have you here. So glad you're back. So glad you're back. And if possible, on your platform of choice, just review the show. We would love to know what you think. We do have some very excellent Apple Podcast reviews, by the we way. We do. Yeah. I think we have a five star on Apple Podcast. I think we do. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I know. Well, yeah. considering we are 
I mean, we've been around now for four years, nearly four years. Yeah. So that's dang, dang. It'll be four years in. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the reason this is season five is because we started counting in March of 2020. And we. So 2020, 2021, 22, 23, 24. Yeah. So this is why season five. Yes. So we're almost five years, right? No. To 21 to 22 to 23. To... Oh, no, no, no. Yeah, almost four years. Uh, do five. you know how to count? I don't know how to count. I'm a math guy. Okay, great. Glad one of us is a numbers person because it sure as heck but isn't I can't me. That's uh, fine. Whatever. That's why we have calculators and our fingers. Oh, calculon. Um, oh, calculon. So. Speaking of letting us know what you think, we would all, we love listener questions. So you can DM us on Discord, on Twitter, um, or you can send them to podcast at fsquared.biz. Join our Discord server. Honestly, like I know we push it every week, but it is super cool. Yeah, I love our team, our team, our community, our folks. I don't our know. Fam, I feel like I feel like they're kind of our team in a lot yeah. of ways. They're very like team virtual economy. We yep. get some we get some awesome leads in there. We have some exceptional experts that are glad to lend their voices and their expertise. And like I said, we always credit. It's super important to us. Yes. So that's it. It is. We did. We did it. We did. So we will see you next week. And in the meantime, remember to wash your hands, stay hydrated, and be good to one another. We'll see you soon.